Chapter 21 Marco I didn't see anything, alright? Tobias said angrily. No bear, no Rachel, no axe. How many more times did you want to ask me? I didn't see them. He was in the rafters of Cassie's barn. We sat on bales of hay, or paced back and forth, glaring and angry and, worst of all, afraid. Jake, Cassie, me, and Tobias. Four of the six who should have been there. All right, calm down, Tobias, Jake said. No one is blaming you. No one is blaming anyone. We just need to get a grip on this. Axe was supposed to hook up with us in the forest, I said. He never did. If he couldn't meet us, he'd know we'd worry. He'd know he should morph into his human form and come to tell us he's okay. So he's not okay, Jake said. Axe is not okay, and Rachel is not okay, I agreed. And I think we know why. That thing. I turned to Cassie. What did Chapman call it? A Felix, A morph hunter. That's why Rachel and Axe have both disappeared, I said. It almost got me an axe at Darlene's. It almost got us again this afternoon. Cassie looked at me, her expression troubled. Why almost? What do you mean? Why didn't it get you? Cassie asked. She was frowning. At Darlene's house, it had you cold. Today, you say you outran it. But actually, it stopped chasing you, right? It went tearing off to the cabin where we think Axe and Rachel were. Why? Why did it stop chasing you two and go after them? I don't know, I yelled. I was as frustrated and scared as anyone. I wasn't in the mood for puzzles. Ask Tobias. He's the predator here. He should know. I meant it to be mean. I felt bad about it as soon as I said it. But Tobias didn't lash back at me. Instead, he said, Movement! What's that supposed to mean? Jake asked. Marco said it. I'm a predator. When I hunt, I look for movement. I chase what moves. Same as a cat. If the prey stands still, it's harder to see. If I listen and I don't hear movement, it's the same thing. The hawk's brain is wired to pay attention to the sight or sound of movements. That's it! Cassie yelled. I jerked about two feet in the air. Cassie is not a person who yells. That's it! It's been bugging me ever since the first attack. How did the Velik know who we were? How did it decide Marco and Axe were prey? Marco, what were you doing just as the beast attacked? I shrugged. I was morphing back. Yes! Cassie said. Coincidence? The beast just happens to attack while you're morphing? And today... When you guys were attacked in the woods? We were morphing, Jake said. We were morphing into wolves. Both attacks at the very time you were morphing, Cassie said. The very time. Interesting coincidence. We all just pretty much didn't say anything for a few seconds after that. I was trying to think through what this would mean. As long as I didn't morph, I was safe. As safe as a mouse who stays frozen. Rachel doesn't know this, I said quietly, if she's even alive. Why did the Velik drop us and take off for the cabin in the woods? Jake asked. Then he answered his own question. Because we were done morphing, so we weren't as interesting to it. It sent some other creature actively morphing. Two mice in a field. Maybe I'm chasing one and he's running. But then he freezes. 
no movement. And at that moment, I catch a glimpse of another mouse running. I, or at least the hawk, goes after the second mouse. The hawk brain thinks they're the same mouse. What's important is the movements. And for this morph hunter, what counts is the morphing. That's what it locks onto, Jake said. So why didn't it come after me when I morphed at the mall? Cassie wondered. Because it can't be in two places at once, I said. There must be limits on how far it can spread. It was too far away. We're safe as long as we never morph again, I pointed out. You mean, as long as we don't fight the Yurks, we're safe, Jake said. Is that what you think we should do, Marco? They all looked at me. I shrugged. Rachel isn't here to cast her vote, so on her behalf, I'll say what she would say. What we need to do is find a way to kick this Velix butt. Cassie smiled. And what would the real Marco say to that? He'd probably make some stupid but very funny remark, I admitted. Then he would start thinking about how to do just that. Kick this big windbag's dusty butt. Chapter 22 Rachel I reached civilization. Or at least, I reached a suburban development. Maybe it was familiar. I don't know. Maybe I'd been here before. I don't know that, either. What I did know was that my feet were scratched and torn. My legs were aching and sore. My entire body was sore. I was hungry and thirsty and scared. And I was tired beyond belief. I needed sleep. I could see lights on inside many of the homes I passed. For a while, I considered just walking right up to the front door of any house and saying, Look, I don't know who I am. Can I sleep on your couch? But I was being hunted by someone or something. I didn't know who I could trust. And until my memory returned, I had to be cautious. Besides, I was dirty, messed up, barefoot, and wearing a stupid black leotard. No one was going to let me in. Then I saw a house with no lights on inside. There was a sign on the front lawn that said it was sold. I crossed the damp lawn, which felt wonderful to my sore feet. I peered in through a front window. No furniture. It was empty. I quickly went around the back. The house had a pool, and I saw a faucet down behind some bushes. I fell to my knees and turned the knob till cool, fresh water flowed. I drank my fill. Well, that's one thing taken care of, I whispered to myself. I checked out the houses on either side. There was a high fence all the way around. No one could see me. I tried the back door. Locked. I tried the garage door. Locked. Then I tried a window. Yes! I hoisted myself up and slid inside. It was dark. The house smelled like fresh paint. Is anyone here? I called out in a trembly voice. My voice fell flat in the emptiness. I went to the kitchen and opened the refrigerator. The light surprised me. Inside the refrigerator was nothing. I checked the cupboards. Empty, empty, empty. Aha! Right there on the counter. A box of vanilla wafers. They must have belonged to the painters. There were fingerprints on the box. It was open and half the cookies were gone. But I didn't care. I wolfed the cookies down as I prowled through the rest of the empty house. The place was empty, but I had water and cookies, and the carpet was soft enough to sleep on, as tired as I was. 
I sat in a corner of the abandoned living room and finished eating the cookies. I wondered who had lived here, and who would be moving in next. But most of all, I wondered about me. Who I was. What I was. And why some terrible alien creature had tried to kill me twice. I don't remember falling asleep, but later I remembered the dreams. The nightmares. Flash! I was at the construction site. Dark. A light coming down from the sky. Others with me. Was one a girl? Yes. But I couldn't see her face. Or the faces of the others with me. Just one. A boy. He turned to look at me. A bird! He had the face of a bird of prey. Flash! I was balancing. Putting one foot carefully in front of the other. I was on a beam. Four inches wide. I felt clumsy. But when I looked down at my feet, they changed. They weren't my feet at all, but the dainty paws of a cat. People applauding. No, not all. Some hated me. Wanted to kill me. Something wrong with them. Something terribly wrong with them. Worms. Worms in their head. Flash. I was underground. A vast open pit, but covered by a dome of rock and dirt. A pool of sluggish gray water. The worms. They were in the water. It all around me. Blades everywhere. Heads like snakes. Huge ants. No, no, I was an ant too. Reeking acid smells. Hundreds of them swarming. Attacking. Ants as big as I was. Huge pincers cutting into me. Morph back, I cried in my dream. Morph back. Morph. Animorph. I woke up screaming. I jumped up off the floor. I ran my hands frantically over my body. What was I? What was I? What was I that I had these dreams? Humans did not dream of being ants. Dreams that were so real you could feel the huge grains of sand pressing in. The airlessness, the terror, the eerie vision of swarms of ants crawling over you, ripping you apart. I was gasping for breath. My heart was beating twice its normal rate. My forehead was dripping sweat, even though it was chilly in the empty room. Anamorph. That's why I had screamed. What did it mean? Then... Whoever's in there, come out! This is the police! Ah! I yelped, then covered my mouth. Flashlight beams pierced the darkness around me. Spears of light surged for me. I rolled quickly into a corner. Don't make us come in there after you, a policeman said. Neighbors reported someone climbing in, so just come on out. Trapped. I should just... I should just give myself up. No, no. There were enemies. Enemies everywhere. I couldn't... I couldn't... I'm going to count to three, and you'd better come out with your hands over your head, a policeman yelled. I had to get away. Had to think. Had to figure out who I was. What I was. But I was surrounded. Morph. Just like when I became the bear. Only, not the bear. I didn't know if the bear inside me was injured. I searched the jagged memories from my dreams. What had I seen? What pictures had I seen? The ant? No, never the ant. Never again. I felt that in my bones. Larger. More powerful. Yes. The cops were banging and yelling. My skin was still electric from the terrifying nightmares, but I calmed myself. I focused on one image from my dreams. Large. Very large. 
too large for the police to handle. Oh! I cried out as my nose and upper lip suddenly exploded outward. Exploded in a long, massive growth that reached the floor. I was growing larger. Larger. Filling the room. Come out of there now, or we're coming in! Don't worry, officer, I thought. I'll be out soon. Chapter 23 Jake It was just dumb luck that we even saw what happened. Our meeting broke up with all of us mad and scared and upset. No one wanted to believe that Rachel and Axe might have been killed. Axe was a new friend, sort of. And an alien, not someone we'd grown up with. But Rachel was my cousin. She was Cassie's best friend. And we looked up to Rachel. She was fearless. She made the rest of us braver than we might have been without her. We went out into the night, the four of us. Tobias flew off toward the forest. We watched him fly away, flapping hard in the dead night air. Marco and I picked up our bikes. Cassie, are you out there? It was her mother, framed in the doorway of their home. Yes, Mom, right here. That show you like is on. Do you want me to tape it? I'll be there in a minute, Cassie said. I'm just talking to Jake and Marco. Hi, Jake. Hello, Marco. We said hello back. Well, don't stay out too late, Cassie's mom said. It's almost nine o'clock. She went back inside. Nine? Man, I better be getting home, Marco said. I'll be toast. I'll walk you guys to the road. Cassie said. We walked in silence down the long driveway, then down the dirt road that connected the farm to the highway. Marco and I pushed our bikes, and the only sounds were our footsteps and the rattle of Marco's bulky bike chain. Maybe she's home already. Maybe we don't even have to worry, I said. An axe is probably fine. I mean, who knows what an Andalite might be doing. At least it's warm out, Cassie said. If Rachel is out there somewhere, at least it's a warm night. And there's a bright moon to help her find her way home, she added softly. I followed her gaze. The full moon hung high in the sky, surrounded by millions of stars. You can always see a lot of stars out on Cassie's farm. Look! Marco yelled. Something was obscuring the moon. It passed swiftly, and the moon shone clear again. I saw what looked like sparkling fairy dust a swirl that raced away toward the development whose lights were just visible in the middle distance. What is that? Is that a cloud? Cassie asked. I looked at her. I don't think so. You know what it is, Marco snapped. What are we going to do about it? Morph Hunter, Cassie said. It's after someone. Axe or Rachel. Two choices, I said. Do nothing or try to distract it. Distract it? Marco demanded. How? Like playing keep away, I said. It chases morphs, right? So we give it something to chase. We have to get it away from those houses, Cassie said. That thing chews up everything in its path. Marco nodded. Keep shifting targets. Keep it guessing. Oh man, this is going to be really unpleasant. How do we get there? Cassie demanded. We can't morph and fly over. If we morph here, we'll draw it to my house. She was right, and the houses where the Velik was headed were half a mile away. 
Are the keys in that? Marco asked. Cassie and I looked where he was pointing. Cassie's father's beat-up old pickup truck. The truck he used around the farm. No way, Cassie said. Way, Marco said. Which left it up to me to decide. Let's do it. Chapter 24 Rachel I had become very, very large. The cops were still outside, pounding and yelling and ordering me to come out. So I decided I'd better do what they wanted. I aimed for the front door. Not that the front door was going to be big enough, but I figured the front wall would be just about big enough. I could feel the morph progressing. In a minute now, as soon as the morph was complete, Behind me, some terrible noise. Noise like a circular saw going through steel. I trumpeted in terror and rage. Suddenly, the back wall of the house was gone. The beast! The beast! Head down, trunk curled under, I charged the front door. Crunch! I hit the front door. The door popped out like a champagne cork. The frame around the door exploded into splinters. Then the wall around the door frame bulged out and popped open like a pimple. And out I came, several tons of me, an insane, horrific combination of human and African elephant. The unpredictability of the incomplete morph had resulted in a huge creature with a long trunk, tiny human ears, big elephant legs, and blonde hair. The police officers were surprised. I trumpeted again. I raised my massive trunk high in the air. Four police officers stared with identical expressions of total, absolute disbelief. Four mouths hung open. They blinked. One of them rubbed her eyes. Then they had something even more amazing to see. The dust creature ripped through the house, just a few feet behind me, leaving it in a mess of chopsticks. I bolted. You would not think, to look at an elephant, that it can even run at all. But believe me, an elephant can move out when it needs to. Elephants can go 25 miles an hour, faster than the fastest human runner. But there is a problem with elephants too. They are huge. Too huge to dodge and twist. Too huge to hide. I barreled down that quiet suburban street, completing the morph as I ran. But I knew I could not escape. The police were shooting. At me? At the dust monster? I didn't know. I didn't care. The bullets meant nothing to me, and nothing to the monster that was after me. It was after me. A hundred feet back, a huge flying wall of gnashing teeth and whirring blades. It was gaining. I stomped through someone's garden, crushed flowers beneath my huge round feet, and annihilated a fence. I turned toward an alleyway between two homes. A parked Winnebago was between me and the beast. The Winnebago was gone. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw a single tire bounce down the street. The rest of the camper was shredded. Right then, I knew it was over. If I kept running, the beast would chew its way through houses where innocent people were sleeping. I couldn't let that happen. 
This is it, I realized. This is it. I can't run. I can't win. I turned to face the beast. I saw it slow down. It hung in the air before me. A nightmare of gnashing teeth and wild eyes and whirling blades. The last of the morph was complete, as two gigantic ivory tusks sprouted from my mouth. From the beast, tendrils emerged. They were like ropes, living ropes that wrapped around my huge body. I felt myself being smothered. I couldn't breathe. I struggled, but the ropes just tightened their grip. The dust beast swirled around me, covering me. I couldn't see. I could barely breathe. Then the beast lifted me up. Or tried to. I felt myself raise up, up, maybe a foot off the ground. Then we settled back to earth. Once again, the beast tried to lift me. This time we rose too, maybe three feet, and then settled down to earth again. At that moment, a tiny flicker of hope was reborn. I looked it up in a book once. The largest elephant ever found weighed 22,050 pounds. Mostly, they weigh between 7,000 and 13,000 pounds. I had no idea how much I weighed in this elephant body. Probably not 22,050 pounds. But I was big, just the same. Very big. Too big for the dust beast to carry away. <laughs> Too much for you, creep? Penetrating the swirling, angry sounds of the dust beast as it strained to lift me came a sudden scream! It sounded like squealing tires, like a very bad driver was racing toward us. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory experience. This is your host, Daniel, thanking you once again for joining me on this journey. I don't have anything to say this week. So, I'll just get right to it. Uh, you've heard this show, Audiomorphs, and you can hear more at audiomorphs.podbean.com or by searching Audiomorphs basically anywhere you can find a podcast. If you can find a place that aggregates podcasts where Audiomorphs is not, write in and tell me and I will get it added there. We're gonna go worldwide. Speaking of writing in, if you do want to write in, you can do that at audiomorphscast.tumblr.com or audiomorphscast at gmail.com. You can also contact me by writing a review on iTunes, which I will read probably out loud on these endnotes. But, uh, yeah, go ahead and go ahead and write me a review. Tell me what you think. Or just say hi in a review. Leave me, a, like, ask me how I'm doing. Write a letter. I don't care. I'd also like to plug our sister podcast, The Equalizers, that's spelled E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S, like sequel, but without the S, uh, hosted by my friends Mike and Madison. They take films that don't have prequels or sequels, either because they were good enough to not need one, or bad enough that they didn't deserve one, and they create a sequel or prequel to that movie. And it's a ton of fun. Definitely go check them out. Again, really, anywhere you can find Audiomorphs, you can probably find the Equalizers. Just search them up. I was on an episode where I made a sequel to the Super Mario Bros. live-action movie. I'm hoping to 
be on there at some point again. I have a lot of really great ideas. In the meantime, go give them a listen. I'm a big fan. And that is all the news I have for you this week. So I will see you next week as we continue the saga of Megamorphs number one. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. This is Jack. He's single. Hey! This is Rob. He's also single. I'm so alone! Jack started listening to OK Crusader, the premier Marvel dating podcast. Wow, I love how they used the random page on the official Marvel wiki to discuss and rank the dateability of various Marvel characters. Rob did not start listening to OK Crusader. Do you think I could get a discount if I buy the Fleshlight used? Thanks to OK Crusader, Jack may still be single. Hey, wait, what? But at least he's had a few good laughs along the way. OK Crusader, wherever podcasts are found.